0: Good morning and happy new year. My name's is Thad Lanthrop. I'm the executive pastor here at CIV and the beginning of a year it's a time to look back at the previous year and then look forward to the year coming up and as I was looking back on this last year I started looking through some pictures on my phone to try to remember some of the things that happened that just weren't coming to mind and as I was looking at these pictures I remembered oh I I went to a daddy-daughter dance with my daughter this last year, way before uh, things shut down. I had completely forgotten that that happened this year. Our family also went to Utah. We went hiking, and we got to go to Zion National Park. There's a picture of that. There's also a picture our church got to serve Orange Crest Community Church at their new property that they purchased this last year. That was a lot of fun. And then I have a bunch of pictures like this. My son is three years old and he has learned how to use the camera on phones. And there's a lot of really close half selfies that look like this. I've had to delete a lot of those pictures from our my phone camera. There's also a lot of things that happened in 2020 that don't show up on my phone. There's COVID, there's riots, There's the election that, that happened. One of my sons started having seizures this last summer. We didn't know what to do. There's a lot of worry that came from that. He's doing great now, but it was, it was an intense time. You know, we all have some common experiences with 2020. We also have some unique experiences that happened in 2020 and it can feel like we are all limping into 2021 in one way or another. And the unpredictability of 2020 it can make us very unsure about what's going to happen in this next year. It was fun for me to look back on some of CIV's plans for 2020 and take a look at these handouts that we gave everybody last year around this time. A 2020 vision, that's pretty funny looking back at it now. Things seem so clear back at the beginning of the year. Some of what we wanted to do were big events like outdoor movie nights to invite our neighbors to and a kids' sports camp to invite people to. These plans didn't happen and pretty much everyone's goals for 2020 has had to shift in one way or another. And when you, when you go through a year that is so uncertain, it's hard to get excited for the year coming up. It's, it makes me just want to throw up my hands and just think, I don't even know what to expect from 2021. How am I going to make any plans? How am I going to make any goals or resolutions or whatever it is? I don't know what to do with the upcoming year as far as plans and trying to figure things out. Well, I want to come to you today as one of your pastors and bring a message of hope. When I look at 2021, I'm hopeful for 2021. It has nothing to do with the circumstances of what's going to happen. Maybe it'll be better. Maybe it won't. But my hope for 2021 is that I don't have to be a victim of the circumstances that come up. I don't have to be a victim of whatever situation I find myself in. And God has given us all what we need to have hope for the year that's to to come. He's given us everything that we need to live a life of faith and hope. Gallup Poll came out with a mental health study in early December. And the poll asked this question, how would you describe your own mental health or emotional well-being at this time? Would you say it is excellent, good, only fair, or poor? And you can see there was a huge drop in this chart, 9% from 2019 to 2020 of people who said they were excellent in 2019 or good, And now they're not saying that in 2020. But as you dig into this graph, it's very interesting what you find. There was one category of people who actually didn't drop this last year. But 4% more people who say they attend church weekly said that they would rate their mental health as excellent. 4% more of people who are actively practicing their faith actually said their mental health is better than in 2019. Isn't that amazing? I mean, how how does that happen? Well, it happens when Christians take the Bible seriously and do what it says. A lot of the New Testament portion of the Bible was written to Christ followers who were just in terrible situations or they were headed into a bad situation. The book of Hebrews is a letter that was written to strengthen people, to strengthen the people of God as they were experiencing persecution. And it looked like they were heading into more and more persecutions. Hebrews 13.3 says, matter of factly, remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Obviously, there's persecution going on all around these Christians. It's assumed that they're going to know somebody in prison and remember them. Now, there's a lot unknown about the book of Hebrews. The author is not identified in the book, so it's not nailed down exactly who it was. The exact time, the exact recipients of the book are unknown, but the recipient of the letter is a Jewish church. We don't know which one exactly, but it's a Jewish church. And the timing of it, it the letter, it seems to be sometime after Nero set fire to Rome and blamed the Christians, which made a, a ton of persecution against Christians. So it's after that time in 64 A.D., but before the emperor Vespasian's son, Titus, destroyed Jerusalem in 70 A.D. So it seems to be somewhere in that time period. And this is in the middle of intense circumstances. And the author of Hebrews is calling on these Christ followers to persevere. And we can learn a lot from this that gives us a lot of hope. For 2021 take a look at Hebrews 1022 through25 It says, "Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold uns- unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This passage of scripture is chock full of perspective on how to move forward in the middle of uncertainty or trouble that's going on in our lives. And Christ followers persevere by drawing near to God. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. This faith that's being talked about here is a faith in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. In 1 Corinthians 15 3 and 4, Really explains this well. It says, For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Mankind sinned. In fact, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have all chosen to turn and go away from God which is what sin is, to do life our own way. But God is perfect. And because we have sin, we have these blemishes in our life, but God is perfect, there's this broken relationship that can't be restored in any other way except for God to send his son who lived a perfect life and died on the cross as a sacrifice for your sins and mine, so that we could have a restored relationship with God. That's the faith that's being talked about here. And we're urged to remember that faith, remember what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. And it's urgent for Christians to hold on to this faith in full assurance, to know that you are, are going to spend eternity with God in heaven if you choose to turn over your life to God. Say, God, I'm not going to live life my own way. I'm going to live your way. I commit my life to following you. I, I ask for forgiveness for my sins, and I want to live life your way. It's urgent for us to remember this, and God wants us to be sure of this faith that we have. First John five eleven through 13 says, And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son, and he, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. The perspective and the confidence to draw near to God. The only way we can draw near to God is by putting our faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for us. Jesus set the example for us. In Mark 1.35, it shows us this example. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. As we continually draw near to God through prayer and through reading the Bible, it keeps the right perspective in front of us. It reminds us of what is worthy of our faith. It's not the temporal things that we see around us. Politics, our net worths, our careers, those have a big impact on our life. But they're not worthy of our faith. Only Jesus is worthy of us putting our faith into it. That's where our hope is. So in 2021, draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith and hold on to the hope found in God's faithfulness, not our own. Hebrews 10.23 goes on to say, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. The word for hope here, this portion of the Bible was originally written in the Greek, and the Greek word is elpis, which is favorable or confident expectation. What is this favorable or confident expectation that we profess, that they're talking about here it's that our sins are forgiven through Jesus Christ dying on the cross for them. This favorable, confident expectation is that we who have the Son have eternal life. What we see in these two verses, Hebrews 10, 22 and 23, is the power that God gives us to move forward in life, persevering in the midst of any circumstances or situations that we're facing. We draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, remembering what Christ did for us on the cross, holding on to the hope that comes from the cross, eternity with God in heaven, and remembering that that hope, it comes from God's faithfulness to us. Not anything that we can do, not any security blanket that we can create in this world. The hope comes from God being faithful to his people in the past, being faithful to us in our personal life, and he will continue to be faithful on into the future. We have to keep this perspective in front of us. We have to remember That we are destined for eternity with God in heaven. And when we have that perspective, we can live for eternity. We can live for investing in the things that are going to matter after this life is over. But so often we lose perspective on eternity and where we're going when this life is over. And our vision starts to fall lower and lower to just see what's all around us, live for what's right in front of us. When I'm not drawing near to God consistently, I start to trust in the things that I see, the institutions that I think are providing security for me, politics or whatever it may be. I start to trust in the balance, my bank account, and I get concerned when it's low or I feel secure when it's, when it's doing better than it usually is. This past year, I, I've been shaken to the core by what I've been seeing going on in our country, around the world. I can't see what God is doing, and it's disheartening to see what's going on around us. But as I've spent time with God, He has been faithful to remind me That it's not my job to see exactly what's going to happen in the future. I can't predict it. I don't know what God's doing all around us. It's not my job to be in control of that. It is my job to put my hope in his faithfulness. That he is faithful and will continue to be faithful going forward. And I just need to focus on the responsibilities that he has given for me to do today. I can't keep that perspective without God's help. And sometimes I can't get that perspective without some nudging from God's people. And the beauty of how God has designed life to work is that he didn't just tell us to draw near to him and remember what Jesus did on the cross and have hope. He did tell us to do all those things, but he also wants us to be a part of a community of people who are doing life together and doing ministry together. It's called the church. And so we can persevere in 2021 as we encourage one another. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Here we see that God's people are supposed to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Another translation of this bio, of this passage says, stir up one another. It, we're supposed to motivate each other to live a life of love and good deeds. Those are investing in the eternal eternal things. Love and good deeds are going beyond just the temporal here and now and investing in people and the things that are going to continue on after this life is over. We also see God's people are, are not to give up meeting together. They're to encourage one another. This word encourage, again in the the Greek, it's this idea of to call to one's side. So you're, you're calling somebody to your side as you're marching towards love and good deeds, and you're giving them courage to do the same thing. This is the type of community God wants us to have. And when things are not going well in our life, God wants us to pull in to this community. But that's not always the case. In, in fact, a study done by Barna Research Group found that 33% of practicing Christians distance themselves from church during a personal crisis. Now, I know that I've felt that way before. Things aren't going well in life, and so I, I, just, I just want some alone time. I don't, I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to be asked how, how I'm doing even at points. And it's easy to start to pull away and isolate. But when things aren't going well, God wants us to lean in to the community that he has us a part of. God wants us to be in the middle of this community that spurs us on to love and good deeds that Continues to meet together that encourages us when things aren't going well. The church can rally around us when when things aren't going well in our lives, when we're experiencing a crisis. And at CIV, we have four different places on what we call our strategy map where people can go consistently over time. And as people do that, they grow closer to God and they grow closer to the people of the church. They get to be into relationships where they're encouraged by the people around them, where they're encouraging people in their relationship with God. And I want to highlight this strategy map and encourage you to think through how you can do these things this year. Take a look at the four places on the map. One is attend worship service. There's serve on a team. There's connect in a group or an event, and then there's plug into a learning environment. That first place, attend a worship service, we just saw how important that is to, to do that, to not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. We saw that in Hebrews 10, 25. And we're going to keep meeting together each week. Um, the plan right now is to be online at 10 a.m. Uh, each Sunday and then to have outdoor worship nights on the second Saturday of every month. And this is a time that's so important for us to gather together, even if it's online, to sing praises to God, hear perspective from the Bible that helps us to live with this attitude of hope and having faith in God. And so we're going to continue to do that while we look for a place to meet Uh, weekly in person. The next place on the map is to serve on a team. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Now, there's a couple different ways to serve on a, a team right now. One is you can volunteer to help with the worship nights that we're having on the second Saturdays of each month, or you can volunteer to help with the kids own events that are gonna be happening on the fourth Sundays of every month. Or you can get plugged in and and be involved in service projects when they come up. Uh, we have different service projects throughout the year with ministries in the, the area. It could be a Pacific Lifeline, we, we did that this last year. We did that Orange Crest Community Church helping them out. We also serve people in the church as needs arise. And I've asked Jamie Decker to give you a a story about a need that came up for her and how the church was able to serve her. I want to give you a sense of why it's so important for us to be serving one another. Take a look at this story.
1: Hi, I'm Jamie Decker, and I have been part of Church in the Valley for a while now, since I was in college. Uh, I have three kids at home. Naomi is 10, Sophia is 8, and Dylan is 5. And that asked me to share today about a time when CIV has really served me. So when COVID struck, um, I started little by little noticing my water bill getting higher and higher. And finally it hit a point where I was like, oh my goodness, something is definitely wrong. So I called the city and they told me, you have a water leak. So my first inclination, I, um, I had had a plumber, come out a little while ago that uh, Pastor Randy had recommended. They came out and explained the situation, told me what I'd have to do to fix it, and how much the different parts of it were going to cost. So I called Randy and said, hey, here's what's going on. Can you help? Can you make some recommendations? Do you know some guys who could help break up some concrete? So he called. Um, one of the other guys in our congregation, Carrie, and called me back and basically offered to help put together the group of guys to come out. And I was expecting, you know, three or four guys will come out and help. And the morning that they were going to break up the concrete, guys just kept showing up and showing up. And, you know, here I am thinking three or four, and over a dozen guys showed up to help. And it was amazing. Um, so they broke up this 30 or 40 feet of concrete so we could get to a broken pipe. And not only did they serve joyfully and cheerfully, and it was it was hard work, but they also let my kids be involved. And that was really a big deal. My kids were really um, excited and wanted to be part of it. Uh, not only did they let them be involved, but You know, guys are out there showing them how to use a sledgehammer and letting them carry concrete. And um, it really was a great example um, of community and service and really blessed my family by letting kids feel like they got to be a part of something bigger.
0: I was able to be at that uh, work project for Jamie, and I don't have very many gifts of skill around the house, but I can swing a sledgehammer. And there was something therapeutic about breaking up the concrete and swinging that sledgehammer with all that was going on uh, in 2020. But it was really a joy to be able to meet a need and serve. And the guys who were there were encouraged by it, as well as encouraging uh, Jamie, too. We also want to encourage people to connect in a group group. Or event at CIB. That's the third place on our strategy map. We have kids' own events every fourth Sunday of the month, and groups start on February 1st, um, with signups actually starting next week. Groups are a way that we can really get to know each other. And do life together, like it talks about in Hebrews ten, twenty four, and twenty five. When we gather for worship, it's such a big group, and it's encouraging. And that's that has a place that for for us, and and God wants us to do that. But it is once you get down to knowing people in a smaller group that you can get to know them well enough to encourage them, to be encouraged by them and to help meet each other's needs. I've asked Jen and Wade Tang to share a testimony of how groups have encouraged them this past year. One of the ways that I felt encouraged uh, this summer during the phone fellowships is that um, after a long day at work, actually after a hard season and long days at work, um, I'd get home, and um, after getting on the phone fellowships speaking with the men, Um, I was encouraged to, you know, just in my circle of responsibility, just to take the next step and do the next right thing and just being faithful in what God has for me. And I felt like I walked away being able to um, understand what I needed to do, and I felt that, like, I can do this. And it wasn't uh, something that was too hard for me.
2: I think um, something that's encouraged me in 2020 um, in the midst of – just a different type of year and a crazy year I think two things um one group life has been really encouraging because there's been a lot of changes just in obviously the way everything is structured and we our family has a lot of doctor's appointments for um, one of our kids and that felt really daunting in this time of how I was going to line up babysitting and whatnot for all those appointments that I now couldn't take the rest of my kids to it's something that um a lot of the gals in our community have done is just rallied around and just uh, the second the words come out of my mouth, they're, they've said yes. Because I really, I've realized so much I don't like asking for help and I need to. And I can just call and say, on Tuesday we have, and they're like, yes, we'll do it. And that has taken a huge, that I didn't realize, like a real burden off of me in having to ask constantly, like weekly, several times a week for help. And um, that has just loved us well and really served us. And I feel very grateful. For that, um, also, though, one thing that is encouraging is just in the same um, realm of showing up to group and feeling like what I do as a mom, I know that's really important in the kingdom, but also wanting to do things beyond just our family in um, ministry and showing up and seeing just examples of what people did this week, just as we're sharing life, how they reached out to neighbors, how they loved other people in our community, um, how they took initiative um, to get to know people who don't know Jesus. And that has just been so helpful, seeing, being used to um, in my 20s and in single life, having a very different life, and then now trying to figure out what does life look like um, to do ministry and to love people, to do different things, um, to advance God's kingdom practically right now. What Like, what can I do in my days? And these women, just seeing what they're doing um, and joining with them to do it has been a real encouragement and real help. And just having ideas and opportunities and then feeling like not only can I do that, but encouragement to just put the, do the next thing and put one foot in front of the other, even in a time where it would feel like this year, like, you know, we just all need to lock down and wait this out. Um, that hasn't been my heart. I haven't wanted to do that, but it's felt very easy to go there um, and watching people not do that um, and just have practical ideas for how to navigate this has been really encouraging. Um, so, yeah, I think we've both felt really encouraged by groups this year.
0: It's encouraging to hear how groups have been a source of encouragement to people and how they're able to really put into practice Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. We also have learning environments here at Church in the Valley, and these learning environments are very important. They allow us to go deeper into key areas of life that we can't get into on Sundays. Not that we can't get into. We don't have time to be able to go deep into all these different key areas of life. And so this next year, we're going to have some KIDS kids parenting training that we're going to post onto our YouTube page. So you'll want to make sure that you're subscribed to it to get notified when those get posted on there. Um, we're also going to have some online spiritual growth classes throughout the year um, that will come up at different times. These learning environments are very key and important. And I've asked Shannon Gerstheimer to share about how this last year's course that we did called God and Government um, really encouraged her. Take a look at her story.
3: Hi, Church in the Valley family. I'm Shannon Gerstheimer. Um, My husband, Tom, and I have been attending CIV for about the past 14 years, and we have four young kids. Uh, I want to share with you about a learning environment at Church in the Valley that I got to be a part of this year called God and Government. Um, I have never been very interested in politics or government. I used to just ask my husband every once in a while, like, so what's going on in the world? And that was just about the extent of it. Um, But earlier this year, when we started experiencing coronavirus lockdowns and um, restrictions, I started to have some questions about the role of government in my own personal life and how I could respond rightly as a Christian. So I started trying to educate myself about government. And I realized that I had evidently missed some things, maybe in fourth grade. I'm not sure. Um, But I was up to my eyeballs in world history and political science and philosophy and scripture. And I knew pretty quickly that I was going to need some help. Um, So thankfully, around that time, I heard that Church in the Valley was working on putting together this God and Government course. I just jumped for joy and jumped in as soon as I had a chance. And This class just exceeded my expectations. Um, I was able to watch the videos at home while I was doing other things, usually cooking dinner in the kitchen. And I found myself talking to the screen and saying, like, yes, thank you. I needed to know that. That was my question. Or, "Uh uh-oh, I didn't know that. Um, So the content just got straight to the heart of what I was needing to know as a Christian. Um, And it helped give me some practical things I could do, too, so that I can keep learning and stay informed over time. Uh, Interestingly, as I was going through this God and Government course, an opportunity came up for me to participate in our own city's government here in Ontario. Um, I was given the chance to apply for one of our city's board of trustees. Um, The boards are just entry-level positions where citizens can share their own perspective on our local institutions and programs and events. Um, I honestly probably would have been too intimidated or even just uninterested um, to get involved in any kind of government activity if I hadn't taken this course. Um God and government helped me to develop some convictions and some confidence um, and to understand God's design for authority and to understand my own role as a Christian and um, how to participate in government. And so additionally, and very helpfully, actually, I was also assigned a course coach um, through the God and Government Learning Environment. And she uh, was able to help encourage me and help me think through um, the things with that decision. So it was just amazingly timely, very helpful. Um, so just this last week, I was appointed to serve on our city's museum board of trustees. Um, I'm really grateful for that opportunity, and I'm looking forward to seeing how I can serve our community and show Christ's love to others uh, in that way. So, if you get a chance to sign up for God and Government or any other learning environment at Church in the Valley, uh, run, don't walk. They are amazingly valuable, amazingly helpful. A treasure of wisdom and knowledge is available in our community, and um, I can't believe that we know these type of people that have act uh, that and that we have access to this type of program. It's just top notch, um, and it's accessible. And um, the online program, you know, for me platform is just easier than falling off a log, and I'm not tech savvy, so I was really grateful for that. Um, if you have questions about it, I'm sure that our staff can help you out. Um, this, I hope this has been helpful and encouraging to you, and um, much love to you from the Timer family. Bye-bye.
0: It's a great story of how God gave Shannon the opportunity to serve the city in the middle of learning about understanding more her Christian political stewardship. Christians have All the tools that we need to live a life of hope in the middle of any situation. We can persevere by drawing near to God, holding on to the hope found in God's faithfulness, and encouraging one another. Each week, we encourage people to take next steps in response to the message. And I want to encourage you to think through this question. What area that we've talked about, drawing near to God, holding on to hope, encouraging one another, what area do you want to grow in in 2021? Do you want to draw near to God specifically by reading the Bible and praying blank times per week? When we set goals, we want to be specific so that we can attain these specific goals rather than just general, I want to be closer to God. How many times per week do you want to spend with God? Pick something a little more than you're doing and try to do that. Maybe you've been just negative lately. You've been discouraged and you need to live a life of hope. Well, what can you do to remind yourself of the eternal hope that we have in God? And write that down as your goal for 2021. Or, Maybe you want to pull into CIV, the CIV community by connecting in a group. Sign-ups for groups start next week. But if you want an early sneak peek into groups, fill out the connection card, mark the box that says send me early sign-up uh, group information, and we will send it out to you, and you can actually get signed up uh, during this next week before they're open officially next Sunday. I am hopeful. For 2021. And I am grateful that my family and I, we get to do life and ministry with all of you at CIV. Let's pray and look forward to this next year together. God, we thank you so much that you give us hope. You give us perspective for when times are, are troubling and when times are good. You, you give us the community to be there for us when we're in trouble, to be there for us to celebrate when good things happen. I just thank you so much, Lord, that you've allowed us to have the community that we have at CIV. And I pray, Lord, that each of us would take steps closer to you and steps closer into the community so that we can experience life the way you want us to experience it here in this next year in 2021. God, we thank you that you are faithful. We can put our hope in you, and we do put our hope in you. We we pray that together right now. Our hope is in you this next year, and we just pray that your will would be done. Jesus' name, amen.